at least a memorial. I'm sure in other business places uh, they have them, but is this thing moving? Is that to lock it? Uh, they, uh, it was probably about a year ago or so now, but, you know, um, especially being in a hospital, being at the, supposedly the cutting edge of health and, and, uh, well-being, you know, they have it all over, we're concerned about it, but stand-up desks, right? And so, I mean, I, I work in a business environment, even though it is a hospital, but so, uh, they said whoever wants one, and so a lot of, everybody got one because it was the newest thing, you know, because the idea is, is, you know, everybody's sitting down. Sitting down now, I've heard this several times, is, is like the new smoking, right? Because it's bad for your health. Before, you know, people used to have smoke breaks, go out and smoke, yeah, that's what we did in our time. It still exists. But now sitting has replaced that. They say sitting is bad for you, bad for you, because if you're at work all day and you're sitting, it's not good. You know, you need to get out and move around. So they, um, somebody came in and sold Memorial this idea of a stand-up desk, and it's great. It's great. I like it because it puts it up my head level, you know, looking at the computer because I'm, you know, I'm always sitting down in bad posture, you know, just to compensate, but it's nice if it kind of, you know, to have everything up in the level. So um, this reminds me of it. I mean, that thing is kind of like a little bit lower, but um, <clears throat> stand-up desk. Everyone will look into it. Um, let's go to John... Uh, Let's go to John chapter 18. So what our selected uh, passage is actually going to span over two chapters. We're not going to actually read um, 18 and 19 just because it doesn't include it. But I, I believe there's going to be, there's always worth in going through the scripture. Regardless if it's like a first Chronicles 1 through 9, right? It's a long genealogies and you can kind of get lost and say, ah, oh, this is all boring. But there's a lot of great things in there. The Lord... Uh, deemed it worthy that it be put down there and preserved through, you know, for all time. So uh, anytime we go through Scripture and read, read through it, uh, wherever it is, there's always value to it. So I think we'll, what we'll do is we'll read through it. Um, it is a few verses, not too many, but um, these, as it was said earlier this morning, uh, 17, 18, and really to the end, right, this is... This is the pinnacle, or this is the crux of our history. What happens here and this trial defines us, right? Before, we're getting a little ahead, so let's just read and then we'll make some comments. It says this in 28. This is 18. And they led Jesus from the house of Caiaphas. Of course, uh, this is, um, we're cutting in, right, the, the trial. There was a little bit before, but we'll talk about that. They led Jesus from the house of Caiaphas to the governor's headquarters. And it was early in that morning. They themselves did not enter the governor's headquarters so that they would uh, not be defiled, uh, but to uh, could eat the Passover. So Pilate went outside to them and said, What accusation do you bring against this man? And they said to him, If this man were not doing evil, we would have not delivered him over to you. Pilate said to them, Take him yourselves and judge him by your own own law. The Jews said to him, it is not lawful for us to put anyone to death. Uh, this was to fulfill the word that Jesus had spoken to show well, what kind of death he was going to die. And down into 33, Pilate entered the, his headquarters again, called Jesus and said to him, are you the king of the Jews? Jesus answered and said, do you say this on your own court or did others say it uh, to you about me? Pilate answered, says, am I a Jew? 
your own nation and chief priests have delivered over to uh, over you over to me. What have you done? Jesus answered, my kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would have been fighting that I might not be delivered over to the Jews. But my kingdom is not from this world. Pilate answered to him and said, are you a king? So you are a king. Jesus answered, uh, you say that I am king for, for I am a king. For this purpose I have been born. And for this purpose I have come into the world to bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth listens to my voice. Pilate said to him, what is truth? After he said this, he went back outside to the Jews and told them, I find no guilt in him. But what? Uh, but you have a custom that I should release one man to you. Uh, release one man for you at the Passover. So do you want me to release to you the king of the Jews? And they cried out again, not this man, but Barabbas. Now, Barabbas was a robber. Some would say, uh, you might have a footnote that is insurrectionist. So it's not just that he was a thief. He was somebody that causes an insurrection, um, really a thorn for the government. Okay, 19. And then we'll just go down to, just read a few verses here. It says, then Pilate took Jesus and flogged him. And the soldiers twisted together a crown of thorns and put it on his head and arrayed him in purple robe, in a purple robe. Then they came to him and said, Hail, King of the Jews, and struck him with their hands. Pilate went out again to meet them and said, Seeing I have, see, I am bringing out to you that you may know that I find no guilt in him. So Jesus came out, so Jesus came out wearing a crown of thorns and a purple robe. Pilate said to him, Behold the man. And when the chief priests and the officers saw him, they cried out, uh, Crucify him, crucify him. Pilate said to him, Take him yourselves and crucify him, for I find no guilt in him. The Jews answered him and says, We have a law, and according to that law he ought to die, because he made himself uh he, he has made himself the Son of God. When Pilate heard this statement, he was even more afraid. He entered his headquarters again and said to Jesus, Where are you from? But Jesus gave no answer. So Pilate said to him, You will not speak to me. Do you not know I have the authority to release you? And the authority to crucify you. Jesus answered him. You would have no authority over me. At, uh, over me at all. Unless it had been given to you from above. Therefore who has delivered you, uh, me over to you. Has the greater sin. Verse 12. From then on Pilate sought to release him. But the Jews cried out. If you release this man. You are not Caesar's friend. Everyone who makes himself out to. Makes himself a king opposes Caesar. When Pilate heard these words, he brought Jesus out and sat down on the judgment seat at a place that is called the stove, stone pavement. In Aramaic, it's Gabbatha. Now, it was uh, the day of preparation of, of Passover, and it was about the sixth hour. And he said to the Jews, Behold, your king. They cried out, Away with him, away with him, crucify him. Pilate said to him, Shall I crucify your king? The chief priests answered, We have no king but Caesar. So he delivered him over to them to be crucified. Let's just look to the Lord in a word of prayer. Father, just thank you uh, for your word. We just pray that you'd open our eyes and we might hold, behold wondrous things from your law. In the Lord Jesus' name, do pray. Amen. So this is the trial of the Lord Jesus. There's been um, I don't know if you've heard this term, in the, especially in the in the 21st century, has been used 
once or twice, but in the 20th century, century, there was trials that were observed over the course of history. And they said, ah, that's the trial of the century. Ah, that's the trial of the century. You'll see um, going back to, uh, well, in the immediate uh, past, right, there was a very publicized trial of O.J. Simpson. And, you know, the world was watching and seeing what was happening and, you know, the ins and outs, it was so publicized, right, that you felt that you were there. Like you were the one gathering the evidence because you were listening to both sides. Um, uh, Bill Clinton's impeachment trial, right, we're going through something right now. They're deciding where to go through and impeach this president. But, you know, people are watching. What's going to happen? There was also trials that decided certain things, at least in this government, right? In 1925, there was, um, uh, uh, when I say his name, you might think he is a mobster, but his name was John Scopes or Scopes Monkey. But what he decided to do in Tennessee was he was a biology teacher, and he decided to teach evolution. This was revolutionary back then. And it was against the law, actually, to actually do that. And so it went to trial because he was... Uh, he did something, he did a crime. And so it really set the tone, right, for in, in the case of religion and uh, religion versus government and how to separate those two. And then even further, um, different trials didn't have anything to do with it, but it changed the way that we do things in society. Brown versus the Board of Ed- Education, right, 1951, desegregation of schools. You know, some of these trials had major effects on the way our society is, on the way we view justice, Right, we watch something and we watch that person. We're like, now again, we weren't the one gathering the evidence. We weren't the one witnessing. We're like, man, how in the world did they get off? Look like they're guilty. But here's a trial, right? And you think, man, the Lord Jesus on trial. And actually, what we're finding out as we read this, it's not the Lord Jesus who's on trial. It's humanity is on trial. And what they decide decided that day is that they decided. Not just that he's guilty or that they're, they're not guilty, is that they're not, they're guilty of their existence. They decide, listen, we don't need a God. We don't need a creator over us. We can manage it ourselves. And we're going to look at five different things here. And what they find out now, they're all going to boil down to this, that they have the Lord Jesus Christ on one side and they have the best they offer on the other. And what they chose was the wrong thing. And it's not just the Jews who were there. So, ah, those are just the religious people, the Jews. Right? They were the ones who actually knew about it. But you had a guy who was involved who had no idea what the Jewish law, and he evaluated things on his own, right, Pilate, and he decided himself, right, don't need that person, right? We don't need it. So really, it's not the Lord Jesus on trial, even though what happened that day and him being sent to the cross, right, and the foreknowledge of God was planned out, right, humans... Um, mankind, right? Their salvation was decided that day because the Lord Jesus Christ went to the cross for them. My salvation. Um, and you, you see this tone as you're looking through this trial, right? Who's really in control here? Is it Pilate? Is it the Jews who delivered him to him? You know, in just, in just in, in the beginning of 18, this is one of, the, there's a lot of cha- uh, p- passages that when I read through it, I'm like, man, I wonder what that actually looked like. But, you know, there's a crowd that came to, re- to, to arrest Jesus just before this, right? And it doesn't give us the number. It had to be several, right? Judas is there in the crowd, and they're coming. It, it, it seems like it was in the, in the evening time, but with torches, you know, to be able to see. And as they approach the Lord Jesus, they say, 
you know, or he actually, <laughs> he's the one that initiates the conversation. Who are you seeking? Right? He knows where they're seeking. And they ask him, I mean, they answer Jesus of Nazareth. Now, that to me is a head scratcher. Now, Judas must have not have been leading the crowd. Sometimes you get that idea because if he was, he would have been right. Listen, why even ask him? He's right there. He must have either been like lagging behind like, ooh, this is getting a little embarrassing, right? Or maybe feeling a little guilty. He must have been somewhere in the back. But the ones in the front must have not have known. But Jesus answered and says, I am Pete. Now, what it says that happened next, it says they, my version says they drew back and fell to the ground. The idea of them drilling back and falling on the ground when he said, I am he, it's, it's not that they, like, drew is kind of like a weird word, but it literally means they were pushed backwards like this, and then they just fell down. Now, I don't know what you're thinking, but when that happens, like when I get blown back, or I don't know if you've ever been in some kind of wind tunnel or something like that, like what were they thinking as they're dusting themselves off and getting back up? Like, uh, did, did something just happen, guys? I mean, everybody literally just got blown back. Now, they didn't say after that point, you know what, mm, Judas, your plan to arrest this guy, I think, I think we're going to go somewhere else right now. But literally, they just continued on with it. Now, who do you think was in control in that, in that particular? The Lord Jesus, right? Now, sometimes I read this and it's like, man, why did he just do that more? Like, these people, like, when he stood up in the, in the crowds, uh, excuse me, when he stood up in the temple to read, and he, he, told, he read from Isaiah, that the Lord was coming, a definitely messianic uh, uh, chapter talking about his coming. And he said, today, it's here, right? And they're all like kind of looking at him. And there's other times where they wanted to stone him. And it says, I would have said, I'm he, and just blow them all back. Here, get on my way. Let me keep walking. You know, he just passed right through them as if they didn't see him. Now, he had the ability to do that. But why this, in this particular case did he decide to show a little glimpse of his power just by saying one thing and they just blow him back? In any case, it, it really, who's in control? The Lord Jesus, right? So when we come to this trial, it's not actually that we're deciding Jesus whether he should live and die. It's really humanity's existence. Because they're deciding at this time that, listen, we don't need a creator. We can do without. Now, this is not part of my selected text, but um, the first one I, I, I look a little bit before because it is still somewhat part of the trial. Now, the trial, when we think about this, is split kind of into two. We'll just get a brief um, rundown of it. There was they they arrested him right in the garden. Right, Judas set him up. He knew his his favorite spots. Now that that to me tells me that they had no idea where he was. Right, he did things openly, but they when he it was here and then he disappeared. He was here, he disappeared, and they couldn't find him. So they needed somebody to be on the inside to say, listen, these are the spots that he frequents. Just be there at this time because he likes to go there. In this particular spot, they knew, Judas knew that he liked to go there to pray a lot. So they needed somebody on the inside to set him up. Like They had no idea where he was. So once they grabbed him, right, they brought him to the um, high priest, right? The high priest, in, in at least in old times, was the judge, right? He was to be the matters, the deciding of, you know, uh, of the matters of the law. But see, in this particular case, right, they said that we have a law, but they didn't have the power to put him to death, right? They wanted him to die. They couldn't just take him. Now, this, this is, I put this as a question because this is for discussion. I'll leave it up. But, you know, in Stephen's case, they, he was in the same, in, uh, similar situation, right? They had him on trial. They falsely accused him. But in this case, they decided to stone him right there. They did something illegal. 
right? They, Rome could have came in and just tore them down. They took the, they took, really, they went out on a limb to say, it wasn't, it was murder what they did, right? They had no power to legally put somebody to death, but in this particular case, they wanted Jesus to be put to death and displayed, listen, he's a criminal. He's, you know, everything he's been saying the last three years that we've been uh, observing him, it, they, they wanted him to be, uh, to go down in history as a criminal, right? To be labeled as one, but they didn't have the power to put him to death. So they first gathered the charge. Like, they can't just go to him, you know, go to the, the ruling government, uh, governor and say, listen, can you just put this guy to death? He's going to say, for what? You know, he, that's exactly what he says. What charge? What charge do you bring him? So they had to formulate some kind of charge. So their charge was, um, their charge was as he made himself out to be king. And you say, well, what's the big deal about that? Remember, Israel was not, um, did not rule themselves at this time. They were being uh, governed by somebody. So if somebody were to rise up from among the ranks of the people that are being ruled by somebody else and say, I'm king, what is that? Insurrection, right? And so they said, listen, if we can set this up, he said it himself, right? If we can set this up and, and, and portray him as somebody who's going to lead out as an re- insurrection, and really, not long after this, this happened in Israel, right? Titus came in because of an insurrection, right? They decided they had enough of Rome's rule, and, and Rome came in and obliterated them, right? Destroyed the temple. So this was a serious charge, at least in the Romans' eyes. How can we set this? We can't just say that he made himself out to be the son of God. Like, Pilate didn't know what, what are you talking about? That doesn't mean anything to me. It actually made him more scared when they said that, right? Because he, he was getting a little scared after a while. So they had to have some kind of charge to where the, the ruling governor... Uh, government would actually put him to death. So that's what they came to. But looking at this one, number five things really where man is guilty. Number one is this is a little bit out of our scope, but it's in within this trial. And it says this in 18. It says 22. It says when he had said these things, this is Pilate before um, the, the high priest, which there were two. One was a son-in-law of the other. But... Um, he says, when he had said these things, this is Jesus said to one of the officers, they struck Jesus with his hand, and he said, is this how you answer the high priest? And then so on. So the first thing we say is judgment. Judgment. Or the ability to decide, you know, listen, that person's guilty, that person's not. You know, how many times have we heard now, you're going to hear this statement a lot, is because um, especially in talking to anybody uh, an unbeliever, of course, they like to think, well, we can kind of do things on our own, right? They, they're trying to explain away, you know, the, the, the existence of God. We don't need him for anything. We don't need him for the, uh, for, for the existence of man, right, creation. But you know what? Let's take it a step further. If we can kind of explain him away then and do away with him then, well, we don't need him for morality or we don't need him to decide what is right and wrong. And this is what this guy does. He decided in that particular case, now Jesus didn't do anything wrong, but, and, and sometimes, and sometimes Jesus, uh, gives an answer, and sometimes he doesn't, especially when it's something that is done against him. But that guy, the guy that says he's one of the officers, it says he smacked him with his hand. Now, I mean, I don't know if you've ever slapped somebody before, especially in rage, but that's a pretty, uh, I don't know what the right word, but a dirty thing, a low thing, right? To take your hand and slap somebody in the face. And that's literally what this guy did. There he is. He's an officer. I would assume a religious official, right? To make sure the temple's in order. 
you know, didn't really have any power as far as the, the government goes. But in the Jewish society, somebody had power, but he just took his hand and slapped him in the face, Jesus. And, you know, do we need God to be our center and our base for whether we judge right or wrong? The answer is yes, right? Here's a, a particular case that he decided, listen, you did something wrong. And now he was, uh, of course, this is a very, uh, a lot of these people are very emotionally fed, right? They want to get rid of Jesus. So they didn't care what the evidence was. They didn't care what was right or wrong. They just wanted to get what was done. They want to get rid of Jesus. He was a, he was a threat to their power structure, right? And so that's what they, they set him up. But the man's judgment without the, without God, right, is nothing, right? So guilty. Going down on to, uh, where we actually started. This one, this one's always, it makes me a little bit chuckle, but it says this in 28. This is number two. It says, when they led Jesus from the house of Caiaphas to the governor's headquarters, it was early morning, and they themselves did not enter the governor's headquarters. What were the reason why? <laughs> so they wouldn't be defiled for the Passover. What? Wait, wait, wait. Excuse me? Wait, you guys are coming. You just guys spent, and it was recorded in scripture, so long plotting against somebody to put him to death because you knew he did nothing wrong, and then you don't want to go into a governor's house because it would offend your conscience? Hello? I mean, seriously, this is, this is, this, I label this as man's morality. This is exactly where it is. It's like, what's up and what's down? We don't know. Right? Uh, there's a particular coworker of mine at work, he, he, he says, we just literally had this conversation like two weeks ago. And, and, and they, they kind of know, I mean, they kind of, they do know that I'm cursing, but they kind of like to prod a little bit, but not so much because it'll take them some time because they end, eventually what ends up happening, it's not me, it's, it's scripture, right? It's God. When you come against the truth, you're either going to be like, mm, slink away, like, whoops, I didn't want to go in that direction because I can't fight against it. Or you just kind of push it down. No, that's not true. That's not true. And sometimes they just kind of slink away. It's like, well, we don't really have an answer for that because, hello, it's the truth, right? We want this, but we want it. we're settled. We're okay with dealing with a lie. And so their morality was, listen, you know, we can't be defiled by going into a Gentile house. You know, I don't particularly know what they were actually going to cross. At this point, right, um, the nation Israel was swept away. Right, uh, way back in the beginning of old, uh, not the beginning, but at the end of their history, right, in Chronicles and in, in Second Kings, they were swept away. They had, uh, you know, through Nehemiah, through different people, you know, they rebuilded some, but they were never the, the, the nation that they were under David, Saul, and whatnot. And so, even until this point, right, and so they, um, what they were doing, what, what the religion became, I mean, even when God gave it, right, there was a break from it, obviously, with the, them. Right when Moses was giving, getting the law from God, right, what were the people doing down below? They were worshiping to, you know, to, to an idol. But they have gotten so far away from it that they developed this rabbinical uh, Judaism. Even when the temple was destroyed, it, it got even uh, more. And so the Jewish faith that you see today is, is, is not so much what we read here in the Bible, but it's a little bit of the rabbinical and man's tradition. So it might have been something like that, that they said, listen, the Passover's coming. It's one of our most holy feasts. I can't be defiled by going in the governor's house. I mean, I kind of want to see this through because 
you know, we spent a lot of uh, manpower and, and, and getting false witnesses and whatnot to, to convict this man, but mm, I can't be defiled, you know, because I got to go eat the Passover later. But I don't have, you know, it doesn't bother my conscience that I'm delivering an innocent man to, to get him put to death. Man's morality, guilty. And then number, uh, the third one, going down to 38, uh, one, of the, one of the more profound statements uh, made by a, a non-Jew, he was a, a, a Roman, that says this, Pilate said to him, what is truth? I label this one as man's reality. There was... Um, at work, uh, I think I've alluded to some of the, the things that I've been going through, but um, it's not, not earth-shattering, but, you know, everybody's going through a little bit of struggles here and there. But in my particular case, some of the people that are looking at it say, listen, if you want to get things right, because, you know, something's happening to you that's not right, you need to take it to compliance. You need to get somebody else in, in order. I said, nah. I said, nah. I was like, God's going to work that stuff. I was like, how? How is it going to get worked out, Right. Now, in their mind, right, their reality is, is, is surrounded by a lie, right? So they look at some injustice, and they say, it's never going to fix it. And that's exactly what Pilate's looking at. Listen, what is it? What is truth, right? If I can make... Now, I don't know the full backstory of how Pilate came to power or how he became the governor of this region, but knowing how people are general, right, we know ourselves, I'm going to step on everybody to get there. Right? I don't care if I gotta undercut somebody to make myself look better. Right? My reality or what is truth, I can make it to whatever I want. That's what he's saying. He's saying, listen, I can make my truth what I want. My reality, I have, I'm the master of my own reality. There's no such thing as truth. That's exactly what he's trying to say to him. Like, what is it? Maybe he was really serious and he was actually trying to find out. But, I think, deep, I mean, he might have been legitimately saying what is it, but deep down it's like, listen, your truth, my truth, I can make it whatever I want. Look at me. I got to this place. I'm the governor of, of Judea. And you know what? There were probably other people that are more deserving, but I cut them down or I, 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 I made a bad report about them or, or whatever it is to make, whatever we, you think about in the corporate world, how people elevate themselves and move up by doing things that are not unethical. So man's morality, make a, a reality. Excuse me, another, another um, example too is, remember, uh, excuse me, what we're, when we're going through this, if it's not God-centered, there's nothing. What I mean like that, this is what it is. It's like, it's like a compass. Um, if you ever looked at see how compasses actually work and read about them, because you know, you're always like, you know, they're supposed to be able to, 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 to point to the north, but one of them, one of the tips is because the earth poles, right? There's magnetic fields. It's it, it opposite attract, so it's it's magnetized for the south. So it's always going to be pointing towards the north, right? And so it's as if somebody's life without God, right? Without that being pointed towards Him, it's a compass that's just spinning, 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 spinning. That's literally what it is. What we try to do, humanity tries to do. They've been trying to, right? Ever since um, the fall, right? When we separate, well, we don't really need Him anymore. Like he gave us, he, he brought us into existence. Well, we don't need God anymore. We don't need him to be the judge. We don't need him to be the, the base of morality. We can make up our own re, uh, morality. 
We don't need him to tell us what's right or wrong. We don't need him to tell us the truth, right? If I can, you can, Bob can make the truth. Uh, Chris can make the truth. I can make the truth. Like, what is it? We don't need him to be the base of it. Like, what they're doing, what mankind is doing, right, is trying to get rid of God best the way they can. But they can't do it, right? They can't do it. In, and it's like that compass that's just spinning, spinning, spinning with no direction. All right, number four. Uh, this was this is I would call this man's perspective of things. It says this and says after uh, we'll just read it in verse forty. It says they cried out again, not this man but Barabbas. Now Barabbas was a robber. Now listen, um, this particular narrative, in other places, um, Pilate does initiate. Listen, I can release somebody to you. And and do you want Barabbas or this man? In this particular narrative, it doesn't have it. It says yeah. Pilate has a, a custom to appease them because they must have been a pretty rowdy bunch, these Jews. But I'll release somebody who's taken prisoner. And they decided themselves, it's Liz, at least in this narrative, listen, give us the insurrectionist. Give us this man who's a plague on society rather than Jesus. And, and this is what I say about this when I say perspective. If you were somebody in the crowd, let's just say unrelated, not really a follower of Jesus, but... Maybe you were in Samaria one time, or maybe you were in Capernaum or something, and you were in that crowd, and somehow you got a touch of Jesus' garment, and you had some kind of infirmity, and you were healed by it. You say, man, this guy's the greatest thing since whatever cliche, sliced bread you want to say. But he's been the greatest thing in this area for health care. There's been no other health care plan like him, right? And so you might have been affected by it, and you're watching these things, and you're like, Scratch your head, like, why are they trying to put him to death? He's the best health care plan that we've ever had of all history. He's healing things. And what they're doing is instead of looking to their future, listen, it's better to have him around because he can heal than have an insurrectionist, somebody who's going to cause trouble for us. Listen, I mean, don't you see, like, the the unbalance there? Like, they, their, their perspective of looking to the future, right, that's what, that's what insurance salesman's, right? You gotta look ahead. You gotta, you gotta, uh, insure yourself for your life. You gotta insure yourself when you die, right? You gotta make sure people can pay for you in your funeral. But insurance, that's where we sell. Listen, you wanna, you wanna take care of your future. You wanna invest in it. Where's the investment right here? They want an insurrectionist rather than the best healthcare plan. Now, of course, I'm saying that as, as if a person was not a true father, right? The Lord Jesus Christ is so much more than that, way much more than that. But if you were just somebody observing these events, like, what in the world? Man's perspective, right? Again, like that compass that's just spinning with no direction. If we don't have the direction of God, we are lost. And not just lost with no vision to see to uh, a spiritual and connection. Listen, everything we see, morality, creation, uh, our emotions, uh, uh, our, our look for the future, uh, uh, everything that we know, without God, it wouldn't exist. We wouldn't even be having this conversation. And then finally, the last one. This is in, 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 in 16. Uh, and so this is the very last verse of our, uh, of our section. Actually, it's not. I think we're supposed to end at 15, but I quoted it anyway because so, it's all the narrative before. It says, so they delivered him to be crucified. We'll just jump in because there's a little bit more. So they delivered him to be crucified. This one I lab- labeled as of, of man's governance, the ability to govern themselves, to um, assess, uh, 
to assess the situation and put somebody in the right rule over them, right, to, to decide for themselves, right? Well, what, what was being said before then is you keep hearing this term. Pilate, listen, you're king. Do you want me to release your king? Here's the king of the Jews. Here's the king of the Jews. What, what, would, you, what, would you want me to crucify your king? Here, I'll release your king to them. And what they said is, listen, it's very similar to uh, the Barabbas and uh, choosing Barabbas over the Lord Jesus. But at this point, now they're talking about who's going to govern us. Now, this is a huge debate today, right? I mean, this is, it, at least in the, in the party realm, is it's so uh, separated, right? Uh, Democrat and Republican and who should be in control and this, that, and the other thing. But, you know, they thought, and this, is, this doesn't exist then, but they decided, listen, the governance of us, and we decided who's better. Well, actually, we want Caesar over us instead of the Son of God. And you say, ah, that's kind of funny, you know. But, I mean, they, again, they have gotten so worked up, right, in their sinful minds and their sinful hearts that they're so enraged at this man, Jesus, because, you know, their motivations perhaps were because he's going to, you know, he's turning the whole world to him. There's jealousy involved. There's, and, and they're motivated by different things. But their ability to say, listen, we can decide who's going to rule over us. We'll put somebody else. We'll put a man Caesar instead of the son of God over us. Right? Guilty. So each, four, each five things, excuse me, as we're looking through this, it's not really that the Lord Jesus Christ is on trial, which the narrative is that, but it's actually humanity. And what is it that we find? Well, humanity's guilty before God. Not only because they've sinned against him, but the fact is that they're trying to get rid of him somehow. They're trying to wash him away, trying to uh, 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 use science, trying to reason him away. And all these things are from God himself, right? Science, our brains, our reason, all that comes from him. And yet mankind then has turned these things that God has given the ability, us the ability to do besides our existence, right? We wouldn't even be existing unless God did something. But... Everything that we have that was a gift from God, they've then turned it against him and tried to get rid of him somehow. That's what we have here. Is it possible? It's not. And really, if man was left to his own, we see these four thing, five things, excuse me, where we would be off track, right? The ability, uh, the ability to decide what is right and wrong. Our, our morality is based on God. The perspective of looking to the future and making sure our future is secure it needs to have a God-centered uh, view, um, and so on. So I, I bring out these things for, for several reasons. One, um, they can be used, especially in, in, in talking with unbelievers, because at least in, in the realm that I'm at, um, I think I've mentioned several times, but the, I, I, there's different, there's all types, except for major religions. There's no major religions that I talk to, that they're from that. Now, there might be some that are, say they're Catholic, but they don't mention it. But, you know, at least in the intellectual type world, uh, world there's some that have, uh, because of external events that have happened to them, they had no, well, we don't really have control over anything, but they would say they had no control. They decided because both their parents died within a few, t- uh, a few days of each other, there's no God. No, thank you. I don't want anything to do with them. There are some that were raised in an evangelical home, and they went to a school, an evangelical uh, Christian school, and they decided when they came of age to think for themselves, this is all brainwashing. That's all what Christianity is, is brainwashing you. How can you believe that the flood 
uh, that actually existed. That's brainwashed. There's some that say, how can you believe the Bible because it was written by uh, men? Men are fallible. And then there's some that say, I'm telling you, just in just 10, 12 people, there's all these views here. And my answer to, to all of it, and uh, is, is Max in here? I, to, I had a conversation with Max um, uh, a couple of weeks ago, but when, when you're witnessing to people, sometimes, uh, at least in my part, I, I got to the point where I kind of got frustrated sometimes. I, I sensed it, and I got kind of like hot on the neck, you know. I'm like, <clears throat> I need to like, I'm like, and then after it's like, why am I getting frustrated? Because I was getting, I was pouring, my, my motivation in some maybe was an intellectual thing and my pride was involved, but what I was doing was I was trying to argue with them to try to get them to be saved, like a car salesman. Right? Car salesmen don't let you leave until you make a decision for them, right? Not necessarily, it's like, listen, I don't want that lease, I don't want to buy. No, they don't let you get out. And so sometimes you approach evangelism like this. You're like, listen, you gotta make a decision now. What, what was that? Oh, well, let's go back to this. Like, look, that's, that's exactly what God didn't do, right? He didn't like shake you down until you made a decision where the right run. Now, there will come a time, right, that, um, the decision will be made for them. But in this particular case, right, we, there, everybody's involved, everybody is in this, it's either you're saved or you're not, right? And so I bring these things out that, listen, as Christians, especially when you go out to evangelize, you know everybody's on this, either one or the other side, right? They're either a Christian or they're not. And the only thing that's going to change them is Jesus Christ. Listen, if they were faced with the Son of God himself, so, and everything, and they were first-hand witnesses of the things he was doing, and they decided that he was not worthy to live. Why would I, when I am going to go talk to somebody, when Jesus Christ, they can't physically see him, they didn't witness the events, why would I think that I can convince them anyways by just my own speech? I can't. The Holy Spirit needs to do that, right? And so I, I, I bring this many uh, these things out, for one, it helps me as a believer, right, to understand that everybody, right, outside of Christ, right, we'd be lost, obviously. We know that as believers. But when we're speaking to people, it brings out a new love for the lost, right? Because here they are, they like say, ah, look at that. How can they believe that Mormonism? I mean, that, that is so ludicrous looking into a box, peep stones and all this thing. It's like, oh my gosh, it's so brainwashing how they got into it. But you could look at it and say, you slowly look at these people and you're like, man, how? You can be angry at what they're doing to Lord Jesus, but then you look at like, uh, you get a little glimpse of how God looks at the lost, right? They're just roaming around. They have no idea where they're going, right? They didn't exist before. They're creations of God. And as he's looking at them, like, oh, lost sheep, right? And so if we can just get a glimpse in a small way that God can grant it to us as we're out there evangelizing people, right? And a love for them, right? Look at them the way that God looks at them. It really can uh, change the way that we evangelize rather than just trying to, to like a car salesman, right, trying to present Jesus Christ in the best possible way, which we want to. I'm not saying we don't want to do it like that, but for a love for them, right? And so you see that even when Jesus was going through all this, right, you knew he was in control, but he was concerned. Even when he was arrested, right, he was concerned about those who were with him. Yeah, you could take me, but please let these go, right? And so... Not just the trial of the century, really, the trial of our history, right? The Lord Jesus Christ. And what was decided there was we decided that, that the Son of God, which is, which is a marvel in itself, that he would actually come this close to his creation to be mistreated in such a way. But 
that they decide that he was unfit to live. But in doing so, in doing so, what a, what a wonder. It meant our salvation, right? And so, uh, because they decided he was unfit to live, God decided that we would be fit to live if we would only place our faith and trust in what he did on the cross that day. And so, let's just close in a word of prayer. Father, we just thank you uh, for this time, Lord. We thank you uh, as we see this trial. as It was a mock trial, Lord. And sometimes we, we see this injustice that happens in our life. And something happens where, Lord, it's not fair. We want things to be made right right then. But, Lord, we can always go back to what happened to the Lord Jesus and as he was mistreated. Now, you do care about these things, but we just pray, Lord, um, we thank you for what the Lord Jesus did on our behalf. But, Lord, we, we take this also in application that there are tough times that we go through and that you do notice, Lord, and you do care. And so we just entrust them that we could uh, be like the Lord Jesus, Lord, in that sense that we would uh, commit these matters over to you when the hard times do come. But, Lord, uh, until, until you come back, Lord, we're, we're here on this earth, Lord, and we do go through these struggles, and we just thank you for our high priest, the Lord Jesus, who is interceding on our behalf, and we just ask these things in his name. Amen.